Well, this is exciting, you guys, because we're, uh, you know, we're launching a, a new a sermon series. It's really a new year. This is sort of the beginning of the new year for us, uh, end of August here as school started. And, and we're doing this sermon series called Jesus Is. We are all about Jesus here. And this we just stole right from Judah Smith, the title of his book, as a matter of fact. We're not going to go through the same topics as his book, but we thought it was a very provocative title, and, uh, and we love it. Jesus is blank. What is Jesus? What is Jesus about? We're all about Jesus here. We're Jesus people. You know, last year was the year of yes. Do you remember that? And we don't really have like a year of, you know, somebody said, is it going to be the year of no, you know, but it didn't really roll off the tongue as well. We don't really have one of those for this year, but it certainly can be, you'll notice it's something about Jesus and who he is and what he teaches and about his kingdom and about, it's going to be Jesus focused. We're Jesus people around here. Do you know that? We painted it on the wall in our sanctuary, in our worship center that we are about engaging with all of us that are spiritually hungry toward a life in what? That's, you had notes, you cheated, you were looking. <laughs> toward a life in Christ. We're toward living with Jesus, we're living for Jesus, we're living by the power of Jesus. He's the way of life, he's our source of life. It's, we're Jesus people. We're all about Jesus and what he taught and what he did and him going to the cross. It's, it's a Jesus thing. But we realize there's all kinds of different views about what Jesus is and who Jesus is. You see pictures of Jesus growing up. You see pictures of Jesus in the media. You see pictures of Jesus in the movies. Um, that, that actually is a CNN picture of, of probably what Jesus actually looked like and uh, some famous movies that we've seen and um, you know, ones that are probably a little more ethnic than the Brad Pitt Jesus. That's cool. I, he's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> You know, this, do you have this one on the, have I told you this story that when I was, I was doing a Bible study, when I was first in youth ministry, I worked at a church in Oakland and I had a small group of inner city kids and we were in a little prayer room that we had that we just pulled them away and I did a little Bible study with these guys. I mean, right off the street kids. And uh, we were talking uh, about um, scriptures and who Jesus was and doing this whole Bible study. And I don't know, maybe months into this thing, you know, two, three, four weeks, five, five, I don't know how long it was. We were in there a while meeting every week with these kids off the street and studying the scriptures. Finally, I said, well, you guys got any questions about any of this today? And one guy goes, I just got a question I've been meaning to ask forever. And there had this picture, a form of this picture had been on the wall in this little prayer room in this uh, First Covenant Church of Oakland. And it had been there forever, this little Jesus holding the lamb and had been up on the, on the wall the whole time. He goes, I've had actually had a question for a while. And he goes, in all seriousness, he goes, who's the chick with a dog? <laughs> the opportunity for us to misunderstand who Jesus is based on our background, our experience, our lack thereof, what we bring, what we hope, what we imagine, what we misinterpret, like it's who is Jesus is an incredibly foundational question for us to ask. And in this next series, we're going to talk about who Jesus is, the Jesus is blank. And we're going to talk about it based on the teaching of Jesus and what he said about himself. And we're going to start by this introduction today to talk about this idea that Jesus is the I am, the I am. Jesus is the I am. And that's not a misprint. That's not a, a, a syntax problem. But I'm going to explain what this means. What does that possibly mean? We could, I could argue that this is the most definitive description of Jesus because it's the, it's the most radical in its implications. That Jesus said that he was the I am. What does that mean? I want to look at that a little bit in our time left this morning. There's this phrase, I am that I, I am. 
who I am. I am who I am. And that's a quote from God. And I'm going to get there in a minute that that was a quote from God. I am who I am. But it's, but it, but it's alluded to in something that Jesus said. If you have your Bible, you can look in, in, so you can look in context or, or, uh, or up on the screen. John chapter 8. Uh, we're going to look at all, a number of Jesus' statements this next uh, six-week series from John about what Jesus said about himself. But in John 8, at the end of the chapter, uh, there's this text. And the context here is that Jesus has been in dialogue with some uh, religious leaders, some believers really in God, about who he is and what he's all about and what his teaching is about. And they ended up talking about Abraham because Abraham for them was the father of their faith. And Jesus is like, yeah, well, the father of your faith, like, my God is the father of my faith. I mean, it was this whole, they were like, wait, who are you? What is going on here? And they were talking about Abraham. And at one point, Jesus finally says, just before this text that's on the screen, Jesus finally says, your father Abraham rejoiced at the sight of seeing my day. In other words, yeah, you know what I know about your father Abraham, the founder of your religion? You know what I know about? He, he loved the fact that I'm now here. Like he rejoiced in seeing me come. And they were like, what? They literally said, you're not even 50 years old, but yet you've seen Abraham. What's that about? And then you see this text. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, before Abraham was born, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. Not before Abraham was born, uh, I existed, I preexisted. He used this particular word and this phraseology. Before Abraham was born, I am. And then look at the reaction, verse 59. At this, they picked up stones to kill him, but Jesus had slipped away from them on the temple grounds. So something happened in this encounter where Jesus was identifying the fact that he knew Abraham from eternity. And he goes, before Abraham was born, I am. And they're like, all right, that's it. We got to kill him. Well, what was that about? What was that reaction for? It's because, friends, that Jesus, and I'm going to get to, to, to why in a minute, was proclaiming that he himself was God in saying this, I am. He was proclaiming his divinity. He was revealing that he himself was God. And the one thing you did not do in strict Judaism was say that you were God. Because they pick up stones to stone you as a blasphemous person. You see, I am who I am was something that God had said and they knew it as a foundational quote for their whole understanding of God and their whole relationship with God. And this is what it comes from and explain it some more. It comes from Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three is the, the story of Moses and the burning bush. And so this is the time of slavery in Egypt. Uh, Israelites, that is God's people, have been in slavery in Egypt and Moses is out shepherding his flock and he comes across a burning bush and he encounters God and God basically says in this story, uh, I've heard my people, I know they're suffering, I know they're in slavery, I know that I've been essentially absent from them, but I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of the past. I'm your God, Israel, and I've heard them. And he says to Moses, I want you now to go, go to Pharaoh and go to Israel and tell them that I've heard their cries and I'm gonna bring them out of Egypt. And so Moses asks in verse 13, as you see there, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say, um, the God of your fathers has sent you, me to you. What if they ask me, what's his, what's his name then? Without going into a whole bunch of cultural context and detail that you could find very easily if you spend a little more time reading in your study Bible on this, they weren't asking what's his name. Is it, you know, Joe Bob or what God are we talking about? 
they were asking, what's the character of this God you're talking about? Because we've been in suffering, and he's been absent, apparently. And we heard this story of the God of the past, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, we heard stories. But who's this God right now that you're talking about that will come? Is there a real God that will meet us in the circumstances in which we're finding ourselves? And, God said, and Moses says to God, listen, if I go to them and say, hey, God's going to come rescue you out of this, they're going to go, what's this God got for us? Who is he? What's his character? And the answer was, he said, say to them, I am, or God said to Moses, listen, I am who I am. And this is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. Do you see now the connection to what Jesus said? God said, listen, and, 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 and it almost, probably to define it best, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but I'm realizing I didn't write it down in my, in my notes. To, to define it best, it's like God said, listen, I am and I will be present. That's who's gonna go with you. In fact, go ahead and tell them, I am and I am present is gonna go with you. Go tell them that. Go tell them, you know who sent me? The I am and I will be and I am present. I, he is. Tell them he is. Tell them the God who is. And in verse 15, all of a sudden there's a language change in the original Hebrew. And God said to Moses, so say to the Israelites, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. This is going to be my name forever, the name that you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the place where they had been calling God Yahweh, but he defines himself at this point in history as, you know what, and that's my name. Here's what it means, you guys. Yahweh, the see the Y-H-W-H? It was a form, an alternate spelling of the verb to be. And somehow God had gotten this name in history and nobody knows how God got this name in history, but God basically did a play on words and said, you tell them, I am, and I will be, and I am present, and that is who is sending you. You tell them the verb to be is coming. And by the way, that's my name from now on. I am, so that you will know that I'm present. I have been, I'm the God of the past who was, I'm the God who is, I am, and I'm the God who will be. And if I send you somewhere, I will be with you there. This is the YHWH. This is where we get the word, the name Yahweh. When you see in the text, and it actually isn't on our script right here, the Lord, the God of it, the Lord it has in your Bible, it will have L with a little capital O, little capital R, little capital D. Have you noticed that? That's a clue to you that it's the name Yahweh, I am. So when you read in your scriptures, the Lord said this and the Lord said that, look and see if it has a capital O, capital R, capital D under Lord. And that will be the clue that it, we're talking about Yahweh. In fact, I would get in the habit if I were you of when you read your scriptures and you come across that, know that at that, that moment, God is wanting to communicate to you, the reader, and to the people that, was, that were receiving that word or what do you speak? He wants you to know at that moment, you know, use my name. What's my name? What's my character? What am I about? Yes, that's right. I am who I am. I am and I will be present. 
So this is God revealing himself. And from generation to generation, you will call him the great I am. And then along comes Jesus and he's blowing minds and they're going, who are you? They're basically asking, what is your deal? How could you have seen Abraham? What's the deal? And Jesus says, before Abraham was, drum roll, I am. And they, as good Jewish believers, went right back to Exodus 3, know the name of God, who's this is gonna be my name from now on. I will be present with you. I am the great I am. And they said, did you just identify yourself with Yahweh, a name that was so holy they couldn't even come to say it. They wrote the initials of it. And they just said, you just said that? You just said you're the I am? And they picked up stones to kill him. It's a foundational and defining moment in Jesus's life and teaching. Why? Because Jesus said, hey, you know that incredible holy God, that story that he said, I am. I am the one God and I exist and I'm true and I always have and I am now and I always will be. You know that God? I'm him. Jesus identified himself as divine. Here, parenthetical friend, this is huge. Friends, this is huge because it is kind of hip to love and believe in what Jesus taught and kind of who he is or who we made him up to be in our minds. But do we go to the place where we don't get really the prerogative to say, well, I don't really think he was maybe God and he was a good teacher. Friends, foundational to his teaching was his self-revelation of, you know, the God who was and is and is to come, that's me. So when we're Jesus people, we're standing on the biblical teaching that he is divine. He is God himself, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of creation, the God of eternity past, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, the God who has always been and who is now present and who will be. That is the Jesus that we love and serve and worship. He is God. It's foundational because he's claiming himself to be divine and do not miss, you cannot miss, right? That he's claiming to be present. How beautiful that God has said from generation to generation, use this name for me. Not Elohim, which means God. And there were a lot of God. When we say that God, this God, you make that a God, it's Elohim. Not Elohim God, but to be. I am the verb he is. How beautiful that from generation to generation, God said, use this name for me. I am. Don't forget the story of Moses. They had been in slavery and the people in slavery began to think, where is our God? Has he abandoned us? And God said, Elohim of the God of the past, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm that God. But I am. And as I call you forward, I will be. I'm not just the God of the past. I'm with you right now, and I will be with you. And then this silent period at the end of all the prophetic, as we learn going through the, script, the summer in the scriptures, the silent period of after all the prophetic voices, the prophets, the books, there was this 400-year period where Israel began to think, and Rome was now uh, controlling their, they were under slavery essentially again, of the Roman rule. This is the... the the context of where Jesus came up in and the Jewish people rightly so wondered, has our God abandoned us? And Jesus comes along and says, no, he is, I am. The God of the past is present. This is why it's such a defining 
title for Jesus to say, I am, because he's saying, and I am now with you. And of course, we know that's the story. It's God's incarnation. It's God coming to be with us on earth and to be, be imminent to us and with us and, and build a relationship with us. And so friends, this I am who I am is about not only his deity, but it's about God's presence. To us, Jesus is saying, for you who deep down assume that you are alone and that he's abandoned us if he ever was real in the first place, for you that assume if God existed, it would be somewhere way up there in the sky, you know, the big guy upstairs. You know, the way that, that, that you know, whatever it is, 85% of Americans believe that God is real. He's up, up there somewhere. For us that that long for a larger story and a defining narrative to this crazy life in this world and the, and, the, and the brokenness and the evil, but the joy and the beauty. For us to dream that there's a possibility, that there's a purpose to who we are and why we are here. For those of us that believe that might God be real, Jesus says, I am. That's the encouragement to us as a church. He is God and present. That changes everything, does it not? Our lifestyles of morality and religion and philosophy are exploded by this Jesus who says, oh, um, I'm divine and I am here. That's who we worship, friends. We're not messing around. We're Jesus' church. And this is real and intense, this reality. I am a present God. Jesus is the divine, the I am, the Yahweh, the personal presence of God. The other question that comes then in the midst of this, uh, thinking about who Jesus is, is was he the savior? Was he then the Christ? Was he the Messiah? Was he the promised one to come and redeem his people, to bring forgiveness, to usher in the kingdom of God and the rule, the reign of God? That's what the kingdom of God means, that where God rules and reigns and his values exist and his people live out who he is. That's the kingdom of God. And they asked Jesus this outright in his trial before the Sanhedrin when they've arrested him. And this is the text that, uh, uh, that I should come up next. Mark 4, chapter 14 in Mark. Again, the high priest asked him flat out, are you the Messiah? That is, are you the Christ? In the context of the Jewish religion, are you the one who's going to come and bring redemption to, to God's people, to Israel? Are you the answer? Are you the beginning of the kingdom of God? Are you the saving one? Are you the son of the blessed one? See, blessed one, he couldn't, they couldn't say Yahweh. The Jewish leaders wouldn't say, that was his name. It was too intense. I am. Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? And in two very simple words, Jesus answers. What does he say? I am. Now, it is clearly an allusion to I am Yahweh. I am this God who is and who was and who is to come from Exodus. Even if it wasn't, even if it's just straight out, not any illusion, they said, are you the Messiah, the savior of the world, the Christ that God has sent into the world to redeem it and to launch his kingdom that will last into eternity? And Jesus says, yes. Again, we don't really have the prerogative to say, Jesus is one of many ways in which we might experience love and, and, and friends, he's the one. 
And I, I don't see this as exclusive. Well, God's so exclusive. No, God was simply providing a way for the world. Not like, boy, we hope you figure it out. Here's the one Savior. So they asked Jesus, are you the Savior? He says, I am. And he uses the words, I am. This message had already been in the hearts of, of God's people in Israel. They had already, this is already in the scriptures that we need saving. We need saving from ourselves. We need saving from our sin. We need the unilateral, unconditional move by God to reach out and rescue and redeem us and go, you know what, on your own, you're not doing it. You can't make life work, but also your sin has broken your soul and it separated you from me, a holy God. It's busted. This was already in their scriptures. This was already in their heart. This was already the message. We need a savior. Are you the savior? And God unilaterally, unconditionally sent Jesus in order to die on the cross to bring that forgiveness and that restoration and that opportunity to be back in a relationship with God. So they trusted that God would someday send a savior. And when they put the question to Jesus, are you the one? Are you the savior? Are you the good news? Are you the forgiver? Are you the restorer? He says, I am. That's my name. The God who was and who is and who is to come. And I'm the hope. Friends, your search is over. <laughs> we need more people from Africa in our church. Your search is over. He's the good news. If you are looking and longing for it, could this be true? And could this God of creation have created a purpose for me? And could he be reaching down from heaven to restore my brokenness and obviously my broken spiritual relationship with him? Could there be salvation? Your search is over. Christ is the I am. Come on, is that not good news? If you're here and you've known Christ, is that a good reminder to your soul? Ah, oh, it's it. It is it. And if you're here and you're a seeker, trust Christ with your life and give yourself to him. And he will be the cleanser and forgiver and restorer of you and your relationship with God for eternity. That's the good news of Christianity. And that's the news we're spreading, friends. That's the news we're telling people because it's such good news. It never has to be bad news. Where did that end up being bad news? Somewhere along the line. That's good news to the world. It's good news to our souls. I am who I am. Jesus reveals himself as the divine presence. And then are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And he says, I am. And last, and I'm almost done with this, but friends, he's everything we need. This, he says these other I am things, and this is what we're going to preach on these next, over the next, we'll preach on, on five of these over the next uh, uh, five weeks. But he says, I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this. All, they're all summed up by, like, I'm what you need. To those that are hungry for real meaning and for satisfaction in life, Jesus teaches about himself, I'm the bread of life. 
And whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I'm what you're looking for. I'm everything. And whoever believes in me will never thirst. He says, I'm the bread of life. To those who realize that they're lost and then they're in darkness and they don't know the way on their own, Jesus teaches about himself. I'm the light of the world. To those who are desperate to know that they're on the right path, that they're protected, that they're pastored and their shepherd, Jesus teaches, I'm the gate for the sheep and I'm the good shepherd. To those who know they need divine power for life and for healing and for restoration and that Jesus teaches about himself, I'm the resurrection and the life. This will be our series because he is everything we need. And we're gonna reach into the things he teaches about himself so that we can live fully into what we need. Why don't you band, why don't you guys come on? I know you're ready to lead us in one more song of worship this morning as I conclude. These phrases of what Jesus saying that he's the I am, he's the great I am, the I am who I am, the Yahweh. He's God and he's present with you and will be. This is who our God is and he's our savior. Have you responded to his saving invitation and given your life and put your life in trust in the hands of Jesus. It's who he is, our savior. And he's everything we need. So we come to him and bow down, worship, cry out, and receive from him all that we need, for he's the answer. This is the Jesus we serve. This is the Jesus we worship. This is the Jesus we're going to talk about for the next few weeks so that we might live fully into this good news. Let's stand and respond to him by worshiping him now.